0: Well, wow, I'm happy to be together. I, um, I had a wonderful vacation, but I'm always glad to be back. Um, and uh, over this, this whole month, um, the Lord has really been speaking to me about some things. You know, we are, um, we're here right in the middle of summer, at uh, the beginning of summer, I mean. Um, you know, I noticed that some people, some churches sort of dread summer. You ever notice that? You know, that uh, they think, well, everybody's going to be gone all summer and, you know, the attendance is going to be down and the giving and and everybody kind of scattered. That's not really the case here. We have great church during the summer. Uh, We work hard. We do the same stuff that we do all year long. We do during the the summer, our preparation, all that kind of stuff. So um, don't miss the summer. Uh, Summer is exciting around here. A lot of things that you'll be uh, that you'll be hearing about. Uh, things, all, all the services that we'll be having. The um, that I'm very excited about. We'll. Uh, um Next week, we have a great communion service we'll be having. We have a baptism in a couple weeks. Uh, then things like the block party and fellowship events and vacation Bible school. Uh, we're going to a Nazarene Day at the Chiefs uh, in about a month. So you'll be hearing more about that. Belize, uh, mission trip is happening. We're going to Dragonland. I mean, church, your, you know, your church doesn't go to Dragonland, do they? Sure, we, we love going to Dragonland. Uh, so uh, all those kind of things are happening. Uh, so I wanted you to... Uh, Think with me about some things the Lord has been speaking to me about. There's an outline for you in the bulletin. Hope you'll pull that out and that we can uh, look at that together. Um, You know, one of the most common complaints that you hear today is that I'm overloaded. I can't get everything done. I can't catch up. I need a break. I'm overloaded. So, um, on your notes, I listed for you right at the beginning there... um, things that you could be commonly overloaded about. In other words, we get overloaded from a lot of different activity or uh, our, our work. Um, you know, if you're a parent with kids, um, you know, somebody is probably chauffeur or taxi driver uh, that's driving kids all over the place, um, maybe even during the summer as well. A lot of choices of things that uh, we can do in the world. One of the things that can be overloading to us is information, right? I mean, all the time, there's information. I mean, you can get overwhelmed just by your cell phone. Uh, All the stuff that you're uh, reading or listening to or information that you're getting, we get overloaded. Uh, Too much accessibility into our life, even the pace uh, of our life, the speed of life gets uh, faster and faster. You know, the studies that people have done help us to see that people sleep less today than they've ever slept in the last hundred years. Uh, most people uh, sleep about two hours less. Um, you already know that, though. you already getting a little sleepy. So, um, People work more. People are more active. Um, you know, we do a lot more things than, than ever. Um, so it's, it's a little bit like Job in Job 3.26. The scripture says, I have no peace. I have no quiet. I have no rest. And trouble keeps coming. I said that a little louder because I figured if you really said that, you'd say it very loudly. I got no peace. I got no quiet. Uh, So what I want to talk to you about is thinking about this idea of margin. Now, you know, when, when I was going to school, You know, we would have these tablets, you know, I still use all these yellow tablets, you know, right there. And I always notice that on the yellow tablet, there's a bunch of lines that go this way, and then there's a red line that goes this way, right? You know what that little area is called? The margin. Right, no matter what you do, um, all your schoolwork you've been working on and all the things that we do using a program on a computer, uh, you know, if you use Word or something like that, it gives you the option to set your margins, Right. Uh, now, some of you, like if I'm doing something that nobody else is going to see, I just give it the least margin I can. Like, I want, I'm want, i going to put as much on that page, and I get the little 5 on this, .5 on this side, and .5 on, you know, just jam it all in there. You know, but if it's going to be for somebody else, it's going to be something that's presented. It's got to have the right margin. You have the opportunity to set your margins. Well, that's true in our life uh, as well. See, margin is the space between my load and my limit. Margin is the space between my load and my limit. Uh, So I'm thinking about setting margins. You know, my load is what I've got to do, my responsibilities, my energy, my effort, everything else that I need to use to get things done, my load and my limits. It's, It's the space between those. So having margin is like having breathing room where you can just take a deep breath. Having some reserve in your life so that you're not completely exhausted all the time. Everybody in this room needs margin in your life. Now, you won't admit it. You, want, you, know, you'll get, you got it all figured out, but all of us need margin. Now, uh, when, we, when we start talking about... Uh, margin, we're talking about living with margin, so not using up everything I have, so reserving some time, reserving some energy, reserving some resources for the unexpected that's going to happen in our life. You know, God's been teaching this right from the beginning. Uh, You remember, um, it's, it's told in Genesis, the verse is also quoted in Exodus 23, he says, you have six days to do your work, but every seventh day you must stop and rest. Do this so that you and your animals and your house staff and your foreign workers may be refreshed. So we start thinking about renewal and uh, refreshment, uh, creating some margin in my life. You know, I need, uh, I need margin. I need uh, renewal. Renewal is like changing something. Changing something into something new or something different or something better. David said it like this. Create in me a pure heart, O oh God, and a renew a steadfast spirit within me. Now, do you really believe that? You know, I think sometimes as Christians, we think God's job is to help us survive. You know, I'm in this situation, I'm worn down, all this is happening, and you're just praying, oh, God, just help me to get through this day. You know, I need to, I'm, I'm thinking about laying on my bed, and I just whoo, just need to lay down and, and take a break. Um, you know, I, I think that's the wrong perspective. That's not that it's wrong, but it's not the full expression of what God is up to. Do you hear what he said? David said, create in me. Do you know that God didn't stop being creator after he rested on the seventh day? God is still up to creating, isn't he? You know, you believe that because pretty lately, just about all of you have been praying about something that is wrong in your life, praying for a healing or praying for some help, some emotional struggle that's been going on in there. You don't don't think... You know that God creates new opportunities. God is still in the creative work. I'm so happy that when I don't know what to do, God can drop in the right idea. Uh, He can give me the ideas that I didn't have before. That ever happened to you? You know, I'm I'm not arrogant enough to think that I'm riding down the road and I get this idea that it came from the smarts of, of Lloyd Brock. No, it came because God still does creative work in us, creates in us. Uh, the kind of heart that he wants us to have, creates uh, opportunities and wisdom uh, in us, a sense of uh, renewal. Uh, I love that. You know, I, I heard from this friend, and he's talking, and he says, you know, um, says, Pastor, you know, there's only three ways that you can arrive at any one place. You can arrive early, you can arrive on time, or you can arrive late. He said, for the most of my life, my goal was simply to be there on time every time. My goal was to arrive right on time that I consistently noticed that even though I tried to arrive on time, I was most of the time five minutes late. Is that any of you? Don't nudge anybody right there. Um, He said, because I allowed no margin, things went wrong, forgot my keys, I'd run into traffic, all kinds of stuff. And, you know, the result, the result was I was always stressed. He said, I noticed that every day that I had meetings to go to or responsibilities to take care of and that I would get all tensed up two or three, four times a day because I, I didn't have any margin in my life. I would rush in, you know, it would take 15 minutes and I would use every la- every minute or I began to to notice this cumulative effect on me, and he said, I was making unnecessary stress on my soul. Hmm. I said, what'd you do about it? He said, well, I figured out that about 15 minutes a day, all tensed up, he says, I multiplied that out uh, to... 171 24-hour days of, of kind of my work life and even some of my fun life that attributed to 4,106 hours of tension. I went, ooh, that does not sound good. Um, just because we didn't have any margin. That if, if nothing was going to go wrong, anything ever go wrong for you? It seems like every time, Right? Every time something goes wrong or there's more traffic or it's going to take longer to deal with. And so he said, I started adding margin to my schedule and leaving early. If I had to pick up the kids, if I had to go to a meeting, if I was going to go to church early, I need to find a parking space. You notice that? Um, he said, I'm more relaxed. I'm at peace. I'm enjoying my life more. And pastor, I encourage you to do the same thing yourself. Now, I was all right until he said that, he pointed his finger right at me. (laughs) Uh, This was about five weeks ago, and um, I've been thinking about that. I've been thinking about the margin that I allow in my life, how much tension that I allow or I sort of create on my own because I'm not doing anything about my pace. I'm not doing anything about, about renewal. So what, what I want you to think with me today about is, what if I planned to, de- to put margin into my life? What if I planned my life a little better? Uh, let's say, let's just do it for the summer. How about that, you know? The, the summer bookends are kind of Memorial Day and Labor Day, right? Let's pray that God would teach us how to have better margin, that God would teach us how we can find renewal. Now, uh, how, are you, how would that come about? What are some of the benefits of living with margin? Uh, I made a list for you here. Uh, one is that you could have a healthier mind. You won't be hurried and worried all the time. You'll have more peace of mind. Your thinking will improve, and you'll have more time to, to think about things. You have a healthier mind. Number two, you have a healthier body, healthier body. Um, you know do you know the stress actually harms your body? Like we know all that stuff, but we still do it all the time. That's one of the purposes of Sabbath, is that you would, you would come here. Uh, you know, church is kind of like creating a little margin in your life, right? You're trying to be, you know, even these high-performance vehicles, race cars or whatever, do you know they still have pit stops? Because you can't fix anything at 200 miles an hour in racing or in life. You can't fix stuff when you're running. Uh, You know, the healthier mind, healthier body. How about this? Healthier relationships. If you're going to have healthy relationships, it's going to take some time. So you build some margin into your life, and it will give you more time to enjoy each other. Lately, there's been this um, commercial for McDonald's on TV, and I noticed it. And it shows this guy, and he's doing everything he can to get ready. He's kind of a young guy, and he's rushing out the door, and then he shows up at McDonald's, and his dad's there. Have you seen this? Uh, His dad is there. His dad's already bought him his favorite breakfast, and he's already sitting at the table there, and he slides it over to him, and he says, you have to go now? Like he's only been there like five seconds. Uh, And the kid said, I'm I'm sure most of the time he he would say, Dad, I got to go. I got to get to it. This day he says, nope, I got plenty of time. And the only thing you see through the window is the boy and his dad laughing and enjoying time together. That is margin. That creates opportunities to have healthier uh, relationships. Uh, you know, if, uh, if you start cutting back on the margin in your relationships, that's, those relationships are going to struggle. Uh, your family doesn't get the best out of you. Uh, people that you love don't get the best. Families without margin create conflict because you're always trying to go somewhere, do something. and don't have that margin in there. I got one more. One more benefit is healthier mind, healthier body, healthier relationships, available for God to use you. Available for God to use me. God can use you when you have margin in your life. If you're overloaded and you're barely surviving, you don't have anything to give. You're too busy to care. You're too busy to serve. You're too busy to hear uh, from God. So this summer, one of the little sidelights of this that's happening is that in your bulletin, I don't know if you noticed it, but we, I don't know if I've ever done this before, but we're having a class, a bulletin class all summer. Bulletin class. You ever heard of that? No. So in the in, what our class is about is about having spiritual conversations That if we create some margin in our life, that God would help us to have more and more effective spiritual conversations. Do you know that most people give their life to Christ because they talk to people that are close to them? Now, a lot of people give their life to Christ in a sermon setting or worship and all that. But I'm totally convinced that very few people do that outside of those conversations that are happening. So, uh, would you be interested in having conversations with people, spiritual conversations. So I gave you some ideas today about how to do that, thinking about things like making spiritual conversations a priority, uh, praying for spiritual conversations, uh, opportunities that will happen, showing genuine interest in other people, asking questions about their story. You ever have one of those little situations where you're standing there talking to somebody and they're trying to get away from you? You're telling them a story. They're not interested. They got somewhere to go. They got somewhere to be. They don't have enough margin to stand there and talk. You do the same thing, right? Just nod your head. Yeah, we do the same thing. We're busy. We don't always have time. But if you don't create margin in your life, how is God ever going to use you in a spiritual conversation that somebody that you know and love or a friend that you meet might be willing to hear more about Christ? So our bulletin class all summer is going to be ideas from people to help you think about how would I have a spiritual conversation, some methods and ways of doing that. There's 11 or 12 of us that are writing uh, this bulletin lesson. So every week, you're going to see where it says spiritual conversations. And I invite you to start thinking about that. And also, I'm going to ask you on the back of our communication card, how many spiritual conversations did you have this week? You all right? Will you do that? Will you think with me about that? Because I think that there are more people than you realize that could hear from you if you were open to tell them your story. You know, you don't have to go to Bible college. All you got to do is tell them about you. You know, if, you wanna, if somebody's got a question about baptism, just tell them about your baptism and what happened to you. Tell them about the Spirit of God, how He works in your heart, how you feel about your relationship with God, or what you do when you read the Bible, and how you, you know any kind of thing like that. You don't have to be an expert. Just tell your story in a spiritual conversation. Wouldn't it be great if we prayed that there would be multiple people would find Christ this summer because we we decided to think about spiritual conversations? You think that could happen? You sure? Okay, I'm watching you. All right. Uh, We'll see some more about that. Read the first one. Uh, That's in in the bulletin for you there. That's about the availability of me being open to allow God to use me. Now, some steps. Some steps that we can start with related to margin. So if we're going to have margin and we're going to open our hearts a little bit to this in summer 2018, and I'm not preaching on this every week. I'm just giving you an outline and hoping that you would choose to have a plan. So what do I do? Number one. I have to accept my human limitations. I accept my human limitations. I have to remind myself that I am not God. I'm not even Superman. The truth is that we secretly think that the rules don't apply to us. They apply to everybody else. But I'm invincible. I can keep going and going and going and going. I don't need any staff members saying amen because I know I'm the guiltiest one. Uh, The truth is we're human. And we are not indestructible. Psalm 119 verse 96 says, I have learned that everything has limits. Have you learned that? That your time is limited, your money's limited, your wisdom is limited, your energy is limited. Everything in your life is limited. Now, you, you know why, why you don't believe that? It's because we live in a culture that says exactly the opposite of that. The culture says, oh, you can do it all. You can do everything. You can be anything you want to be. That is a lie. Right? You say, oh, don't mess with our self-esteem and all that, all that stuff. No, we have limits, right? You know, and, um, you know, you know, never seen a bestseller that was called Your Limited Life. No, they all say your limitless life. Live the limitless life. You can do anything. But the truth is, you cannot, nobody in this room is going to end up singing at Carnegie Hall. Right? I mean, maybe there's a little chance, but not very. How about this? None of you are going to fly. None of you are going to fly. Now, you might fly on an airplane, but you're not going to be a bird. You just can't do, do everything. Huh? There's so many things. You can't go a week without sleeping. I mean, you can't do all the things that you think you want to do. God is the author of our limits. He didn't create us to act like we could do everything and just kill ourselves. He intentionally gives us limits for our own good, for our own protection, and he knows what's best. And if you ignore those limitations, then you're going to be the one that gets hurt. Job 14.5. Do you notice some of this stuff's in Job? (laughs) Our time is limited. You, God, have given us only so many months to live and have set limits that we cannot go beyond. I mean, we have all kind of limits, right? Physical limits. Uh, We have physical limits that, uh, you know, you can only swim so far. You will have a limited amount of energy, and that's why... And, uh, oh man, I'm the worst. I am so bad about this. You know, I just act like I can just keep going and doing and doing, uh, right? I mean, you guys, yeah, she's over there. She knows, she's with me a lot. Uh, and I'm, I've been terrible about it. But at the first of May, I decided I was gonna get myself ready, and then I took a vacation. You know what I did on vacation? Nothing. Kiss, kiss a grandbaby. I mean, <laughs> uh, Rarely went out to eat. I slept a lot. I decided I'd be on baby schedule, you know. Go to bed early, get up late, take a nap in the middle of the afternoon. So I've been trying. I've been working on this. How can I create some more margin? Because I got back here, and I told somebody the very first day I got back that I did that. And then he said, smart Alec," he said, how long is that going to last? When are you going to be back in the same shape you were before? I thought, I don't do it. Because he's so right, right? We just go right back into the same routine and start doing it. We have to realize that all of us have limitations. You know, we all got the same amount of time, but we don't all have the same amount of energy. Everybody does not deal with everything the same way. So I'm not saying you have to do it my way, but I need to be more careful about how I'm taking care of myself because there are physical limitations. Everybody say amen. amen. All right. There's emotional limitations limitations. Now these are harder to identify. Uh, emotional limits can can really start affecting your relationship. I, I wrote the question, how many people can you emotionally carry? Some of you are carrying a bunch of weight. You're carrying other people. You're helping them emotionally because they're a mess and here you you cannot carry everybody emotionally. You got to figure out how to help people carry their weight because you can't handle. How about mental limits? Physical limits, emotional limits, mental limits. That, that's a limit about how much information you can handle, how much you can process. Uh, when we're on overload, I mean, I, like I talked earlier, just the Internet and the television and movies and just noise all around us um, uh, through the devices that we use. There are mental limits. There are time limits, right? Right? you got 24 hours, and you have a time limit. You know, I notice that my cell phone beeps when I'm down to 15%. Then it beeps again when I'm down to 5%. And it's basically telling me, just like my laptop. My laptop will come up and say, if you don't plug in now, you're going to lose your work. And it does it every time. If I don't get that thing in there in about four or five minutes, the thing shuts down. I have human limitations. Do do we get warnings like that? I think we do, don't we? You know, pain can be a warning. The level of stress that you live in can, can be a warning that I don't have enough margin in my life. Apathy, loss of enthusiasm, loss of joy, all those things can tell you I'm bumping up against the limit here. I need to think about these things. So those are all ways that we can recognize our human limitations. Now, that was one. I must accept those limitations. Number two, ask myself what drives me to overload my life. What drives me to be overloaded? You know, the Bible has a lot to say about this, about our motivation. The Bible tells us that people overwork for a lot of different reasons. Some people do it out of fear. Uh, some people, the Bible says in Ecclesiastes, that some people overwork out of envy for others, or to desire to have more things, or desire to impress. Uh, look at this verse, Ecclesiastes 4:8 says, "Some people are never satisfied with what they own; they never stop working to get more." They should ask themselves, "Why am I always working to have more? What a senseless and miserable life!" Do you know that verse was in the Bible? He's talking to you about uh, how we overload uh, our life. Now, if we're going to learn to have margin, we have to ask ourselves some tough questions. Um, flip it over there. We're looking at uh, number three, uh, some steps that we can take. I have to, if I'm going to put margin in my life, I have to expect PIDs, problems, interruption, and delays. Right? Problem, interruption, and delays. Now, I'm just talking about life in general. I, I know that those things are going to happen. Uh, you know, there, there's, there's going to be traffic. There's going to be some kind, something that's going to slow you up. Uh, I noticed that in these airline flights, that they build in margin because they know they're going to be late. They know something's going to happen at the terminal. Uh, Jesus said it like this. Jesus said, in the world... You might have trouble. Nope. In the world, some of you might have trouble. Definitely not. In the world, you will have trouble. So why are we surprised when we have problems, interruption, and delays? Um, you know, I'm a pretty optimistic person, if you know me very well. Uh, my attitude is that life is going to work out great and everything's going to be fine. But the truth is, you got to plan to make that stuff work out. If you just think it's all going to work out, you're going to end up in delays and interruptions and problems and people problems and things that are going to come around you. Uh, Proverbs 22, verse 3 uh, says, let's see, minute, let make sure I have, yeah, I'm uh, 22, 3 says, sensible people will see trouble coming and avoid it. But the unthinking person will walk right into it and regret it later. Uh, So we're planning, we're preparing, we're creating margin on purpose that we can think about how we're going to live with our life without so much stress, with greater peace. uh, So we're planning ahead. Uh, I wrote here, uh, hurry, hurry, hurry. That's our that's our life, isn't it? Hurrying here, hurrying there. Uh, we haven't built much margin in, so we're going from place to place. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Hurry increases my stress. Hurry increases my stress. Can can you be so busy that you don't even have time for yourself? Just nod your head. Yep. Uh, When you have no margin, it's always like I'm late or I'm short or it it creates stress in my life. Number two, hurry, 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 decreases my joy. Decreases my joy. You know, the faster you move, it's been shown, the less you enjoy your life. You know, I I heard somebody the other day tell me that they were getting ready to take this trip and they were going to drive like 6,000 miles. Now, that does not really enthusiastically bless me uh, to think about that. Uh, But... I figured out that they are going to see way more of America than if I flew there. Right? I get on a plane, I'm not going to see very much. Get in that car with them, I'm probably going to see things I've never seen before. Uh, You know, the faster you go, the less you see, uh, the less productive. So it decreases my joy, and it makes me less productive. Um, (coughs) I'm talking quite a bit about me today because I'm one of those people. Uh, Maybe I'll do a little poll here. How many of you think that you are a very good multitasker? Not many of you, but a few. You know what? I think multitasking is a myth. It's a myth because if you're going to give your best to something, you can't give your best to two things at one time. You might get something accomplished, but you won't be doing the best that you could for that person because you're dealing with this person at the same time. You know what I'm talking about? Now, don't, don't write me. I, you know, I, didn't, I didn't write a book about it or anything. I'm just telling you, it, I think it's the truth. I think there's, you know, we make that effort because we try to maximize our time. But the truth is, if, if I'm not giving my wife my best because I'm doing multiple things, and I'm trying to talk to her and cook dinner and the dog and, you know, all this junk that we, you know, have going on there, but if I'm not giving her my best, then that, there's something wrong with that. I'm not really listening. I'm not really paying attention as much. Um, You just have to deal with that one yourself. You figure that one out at lunch today. I think there's a problem with the uh, with multi, because I'm less productive. I can't keep charging without recharging. I can't keep charging ahead, push, 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 without stopping to replenish myself, my, my life, my mind, my heart, my emotions. Uh, number four there. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Increases my stress, decreases my joy, makes me less productive, dries up my love. Shoot, I didn't like that one on there. You know, the... The people that I love the most, am am I giving them my best? You know, 1 Corinthians 13 says, without love, I'm no good to anybody. Another translation says, without love, I'm bankrupt. I'm worthless. I'm empty. I'm nothing. I'm nada. So if I'm in such a hurry that I can't love, then my relationships are taking a pretty big hit. We're thinking about adding margin. Number five is... Uh, increases my stress, decreases my joy, makes me less productive, dries up my love, keeps me from hearing God. Finish this verse for me. Be still and be still and know that I am God. Uh, if you're going to hear from God, you're not going to be able to tell God, "Okay, I got 45 seconds. If you could just hurry up and tell me what you want me to do in my life this week, right?" But that's how we are so many times are we taking time have we built in margin for ourselves spiritually uh, as well as physically uh, you know the recognizing that he he wants to give us direction i got two more number four is this th- what we've been talking about add margin add margin now think about it what if you added margin to your life What if you added margin related to your work or your time schedule? That you added some, that you got to think about this. Maybe you got to get a piece of paper out and don't write in the margin. But, you know, you get over here and you start writing down. What are you going to do? What are you going to change? What is going to happen in your life? Look at this, Psalm 127 2. It is senseless for you to work so hard from early morning until late at night, fearing you'll starve to death. For God wants his loved ones to get their proper Rest. I ask you again: Do you know that verse was in the Bible? He's talking to you uh, about your rest, about adding in, uh, adding in margin. There, three other verses. Just, just hear them together. Ecclesiastes three six: There's a time to keep things and a time to throw things away. That's your. Is that your garage? It might be. Um, <laughs> Hebrews. We should remove from our lives anything that would get in the way and the sin that so easily holds us back. I'm a pretty excitable person, and so once in a while I'm sitting with somebody, and I was with a, a guy not too long ago, and he's kind of a mentor uh, for me, and uh, he, he says things like, um, well, how how's things going at church? Well, that's all I need, man. It just gets me, I get all lit up. And so I'm, I'm just starting, you know, He can tell I'm on a roll. He said, hold on just a second just want to ask you one other thing. How many things did you give up so that you could put these other things in place? <sighs> it's planning. It's margin. How am I going to do? I can't just keep adding things. i got to think about how I'm going to make changes and adjustments there uh, in my life. Last one, uh, 1 Corinthians 6, 12. Everything is permissible to me, but not everything is beneficial. Everything's permissible, but not... You know, in Christ, we have freedom. We have permission. We have the opportunity to do all kinds of different things, but some things aren't necessarily wrong. I just don't need them in my life. I can't can't do everything. I realize those limitations that are there. Last one. Number five. If we're going to create more margin, let's walk with Jesus and learn. Let's walk with Jesus and learn from him. So if I'm going to lower my stress... I'm going to get a better handle on my life, uh, I love Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28 to 30. It's one of the most powerful stress relief passages uh, in the Bible. The one that I quoted for you here is from the message. Listen to this. Are you tired? Worn out? Burned out? Come to me, Jesus says. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Uh, Those those are Jesus' words to us. Jesus' words that encourage us. Um, This poem says, Slow me down, Lord. Ease the pounding of my heart by quieting of uh, my mind. Steady my harried pace with a vision of the eternal reach of time. Give me amidst the confusion in my day, the calmness of the everlasting hills. Break the tension of my nerves and my, with soothing music. Help me, Lord, to know the restoring power of sleep. Teach me the art of taking minute vacations, of slowing down to look at a flower, to pet a stray dog, to chat with an old friend or make a new one. Teach me to watch a spider build a web or to smile at a child or to read a good book. Remind me, Lord, each day that the race is not always to the swift and that there's more to life than increasing its speed. Lord, let me look upward to the branches of the towering oak and know that it grew great and strong because it grew slowly and it grew well. All right, when I leave here in a minute, I don't want anybody to say... That was a good sermon, Pastor, because none of you are happy about it, not a one of you. So don't don't even say it. What are you going to do? What are you going to do about this? Uh, How could your summer be a time? Now, listen, if you don't do something about this, Labor Day, you'll be as bad or worse as you are right now, right? Do something about it. Talk to your family. Think about margin. Don't you love that idea? Don't you love that picture? That if you could create just some, I'm not telling you to quit everything and lay down and take a nap all afternoon every day. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying think about your life and how God wants you to live your life with less stress, with greater peace, better relationships, that he could bring about renewal, that your life would look like something new. Something different, something better. Would you bow with me? Heavenly Father, uh, thank you. First of all, I just want to thank you for bringing this so strongly right to my face. Honestly, if nobody else does anything about this, I know you spoke to me about doing something about this, and I'm happy about it. And I don't want to be stubborn. And I don't want to act like it doesn't apply to me. It certainly does. And I decided to do something about it. Lord, maybe there's some other people in this room that are really struggling. They're physically worn out. They're just emotionally tapped out. They got all kind of struggles and they just don't even feel like themselves because they never have a chance just to to relax or just to talk, uh, just to have a spiritual conversation lord beginning today would you help us to think about what kind of plan you could you could help us have help us to take some of these first steps help us to allow you to affect our way of thinking about things because honestly lord that way of thinking is what got me in trouble i had these beliefs about myself that are really not true there's some people sitting in this room lord They need to change the way they're thinking. They need to change their attitudes. They become way too critical. They become just overwhelmed with all the control and the people in their life. They need margin. Most of all, we need to walk with you. Help us to walk closely with Jesus and to learn how to have margin, how to experience renewal, how to bring about change for us. Lord, in the quietness of these last moments, would you receive our request, our desire that you would help us? Maybe you need to help some in very small ways. Maybe some can just kind of rethink their schedule. Maybe some in this room need a total overhaul. Lord, whatever you are saying to us individually, all of these scriptures, they they just compounding into us. Help us to be still and to know that you are God.